0: And the reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Here again God's word to us. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in a turmoil, asking, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I must confess that preaching on Palm Sunday in the middle of a global pandemic has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to prepare for. My thoughts of what to say have been scattered around my brain as if they're practicing too much social distancing. As if matching the cognitive dissonance I felt in every other area of life lately, I felt disconnected from what God wanted to say to us through his word on Palm Sunday this year. Although I will have to wait another year to experience my first, quote, normal Palm Sunday here at SBC, I imagine it is much like the celebrations I've experienced elsewhere— Children waving palms and maybe handing them out to the adults as they leave worship. Big, joyous hymns and moving and inspirational choral pieces. Upbeat music, sundresses, and lively colors celebrating the arrival of our Savior, the King. But this year, there are no palms, no choir, no dressing up, no hearing of children's laughter and joy shouting hosannas. I feel disconnected from the crowds that gather around Jesus, rejoicing in the king's arrival. And yet maybe the disconnect between our normal worship gathering and the distance we feel from one another is actually more akin to the inner palpable disconnect Jesus experienced, surrounded by the crowds, shouting hosannas while waving palms. It's not as if the crowds missed the point entirely. They did recognize the prophetic gestures Jesus was making, identifying himself with the king, the Messiah. As Jesus and his disciples were walking toward Jerusalem, when they had come near and had reached Bethphage, Jesus sent his disciples a little way ahead to bring him a donkey. Now, we tend to think of donkeys as humble, lowly creatures as compared with a mighty warhorse. And yet, actually, in Jesus' day, arriving on a donkey was still the equivalent of pulling up in a Mercedes or a Tesla. Most of the people would have been using the Hondas and Toyotas of the day, walking. So the use of a donkey was still royal, although humble and peaceful. As we're told in 1 Kings, When Solomon went to be anointed king, he rode on David's mule. And of course, the donkey is also a direct fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy quoted in our passage today. But it's also significant that Jesus got on the donkey here in Bethphage, as opposed to earlier at Bethany or before. I mean, Jesus has just walked from Galilee over a hundred miles, And now, half a mile from his destination, he decides it's time to get on the donkey to fulfill scripture. But two things about Bethphage make it significant and would have made Jesus' gesture completely obvious as to what he was doing. First, Bethphage was the ancient marker of where the city limits began. It was the equivalent of a Sabbath day journey from the temple and presence of God the maximum distance that Jews could walk on a Sabbath. So getting on the donkey here made it explicitly clear that Jesus was riding the donkey into Jerusalem and not simply taking the humble royal transportation. Second, Bethphage is to the east of Jerusalem. Why is this significant? Because the wilderness is east of Jerusalem. And where was the way to be prepared for the Lord in the wilderness. So in two very significant ways, Jesus announces his entry as the arrival of the promised King and Messiah. And the crowds respond as expected, with shouts of Hosanna to the Son of David, waving palm branches. I've always kind of wondered why palm branches and Hosannas. Well, it is also a fulfillment of Psalm 118, but to fully understand this, we have to actually go back to the establishment of the seven great feasts, or festivals, that God directed the Israelites to celebrate. Originally, palm branches were associated with the last of the Jewish festivals, the festival of tents, or booths. During this festival, the people would wave their palms and shout, Hosanna, save us, Being that this festival was celebrated right before the rainy season, it's possible that the sound of waving palm branches was reminiscent of the sound of rain falling on their tents in the wilderness. And so the waving of palms became a gesture of prayer that God would send forgiveness and rain and save them from their sin and starvation. We see this in practice during Solomon's dedication of the temple which occurred during the Festival of Tents, in which he prays, and I'm summarizing and paraphrasing here, Lord, when you turn your eyes on this place, have mercy on us and send us rain. Over time, however, the meaning of waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna shifted slightly. During the time of the Maccabees, the Greeks defamed the temple by killing a pig on the altar. Judas Maccabeus, after conquering the pagan armies, cleansed the temple. During that time, the Jews missed the festival of tents, and so they decided to celebrate it after the temple was cleansed. As Judas entered the city, they waved their palm branches and shouted Hosanna as a victory shout for God saving them from their enemies. Fast forward 200 years, and the waving of palms and shouting of Hosanna had become a symbol of and a cry for salvation from the Jews' enemies, which in this case were now the Romans. One scholar goes even further in explaining that in Jesus' day, the Galilean zealots, those who used violence against the Romans to try to bring about freedom, had taken as their symbol the palm branch and as their war cry, Hosanna. For these zealots The waving of palms and the shouts of Hosanna were their shouts of kill the Romans. The scene of Jesus entering Jerusalem suddenly takes on much more nuance than simply a celebratory parade. The kind of king the people wanted and thought Jesus was, was not in fact the kind of king Jesus came to be. The people understood Jesus' prophetic gesture to some degree, but not entirely. And so often we do the same thing, praising Jesus for being our Savior but expecting him to be the kind of Savior we want versus the Savior Jesus is, the Savior we actually need. As N.T. Wright aptly calls attention to it, people turn to God notoriously when there is something they want very badly. He says it's like finally deciding to learn to use a telephone only when you urgently need to call an ambulance. Or maybe in our case, finally deciding to learn FaceTime or Zoom or Facebook Live when we urgently need human interaction because we're cooped up and apart from family and friends. But that's how people are. Church attendance well, online at least, goes up in leaps and bounds when a major crisis strikes. Suddenly, everyone wants to ask the big, hard questions. Suddenly, everyone wants Jesus, in terms of this story, to ride into the city and become the sort of king they want him to be. Give us peace now. Give our researchers a vaccine now. Pay my bills and hurry. Save the life of my sick child, mother, father, sibling, friend. And do it right away. Give me a job by this time tomorrow. And when words escape us, the most common prayer, help. Too often we hastily jump to assume we know what kind of Savior Jesus is. And we miss the ways he's trying to tell us he is so much more. In John's gospel, immediately after Jesus enters Jerusalem, he weeps over the city. And I think it's not just for the people who did not join in with the shouts of Hosanna, but also for the ones who did. You know, we often forget that Palm Sunday as we know it was not actually celebrated by the Jews. But this day was still significant in the Jewish calendar. Everyone was coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, but that wasn't to happen for another four days, on the evening of the 14th of the month. But on the 10th of the month, Jews were to come to the city to select the lamb that they would sacrifice for the family Passover meal. So what we celebrate as Palm Sunday... Was for the Jews, Lamb Selection Day. And this was a big affair, a joyful and festive celebration, similar to today when we make a big deal of going to pick a Christmas tree. But think even bigger. By some accounts, upwards of three million Jews would crowd into Jerusalem on this day to go select their lamb. And Jerusalem was not a big place. Imagine three million people crowding into an area the size of Edgeworth, the exact opposite of social distancing. So Jesus rode into Jerusalem as the prophesied Messiah and King on Lamb Selection Day. Do you see the significance? Jesus was saying, I'm not only the King of all creation, I'm also the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Here I am. Pick me. And the people didn't get it. They could only see Jesus for who they wanted him to be. When he was trying to show them, he was so much more. It's interesting that in the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the scene that immediately precedes Jesus entering Jerusalem Is that of Jesus healing the blind? In Mark's gospel, he's also named Bartimaeus. He shouts out as Jesus and the disciples walk down the street Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me! After people try to quiet Bartimaeus, Jesus calls him over and asks him, What do you want me to do for you? And this blind beggar replies, My teacher, I want to see again. Bartimaeus leaves, sight restored, following Jesus. I wonder if the gospel writers placed this story immediately before the triumphal entry, as if to foreshadow the blindness of the crowds to come. I wonder if they are trying to get us to open our eyes to see Jesus for who he truly is and then follow in his footsteps. Maybe the fact that we are separated this Palm Sunday is actually what we need in order to be able to see again who Jesus really is. Not just the triumphal king, though he is that, but also the suffering, sacrificial lamb of God enthroned upon a cross. The crowds and disciples wanted to be rescued from evil and oppression Hosanna, save us from our enemies. But Jesus was going to rescue them from evil in its fullest depths, not just the surface level of Roman occupation. Similarly, we want to be rescued from our troubles and oppression. Hosanna, save us, Lord. But Jesus is in the business of rescuing us more thoroughly than we can imagine, not just the surface level of COVID-19, and perhaps more deeply than we want. We are living in uncertain and, in many respects, disjointed times. But maybe the dissonance we feel can help us feel the conflict in Palm Sunday with Good Friday on the horizon. It's hard sometimes to accept Jesus as the sacrificial lamb the one who suffers with and for us. But maybe that's the Jesus we need to recognize and choose on this Lamb Selection Day. The story of Jesus' grand, though surprising, entry into Jerusalem is an object lesson in the mismatch between our expectations and God's answers. The bad news is that the crowds are going to be disappointed But the good news is that their disappointment, though cruel, is at the surface level. Deep down, Jesus' arrival at the great city is indeed the moment when salvation is dawning. The hosannas were justified, though not for the reasons they had supposed. So what are you saying with your hosannas this year? Who is it that you are searching for Jesus to be as he enters into your life at this time? And how do you think Jesus is telling you he's so much more than you could ever imagine? My prayer for you, for myself, for all of us this Holy Week, is that we would open our hearts to Jesus' presence in unexpected places and surprising ways. That in the absence of waving palm branches and in person gatherings, we might instead experience the powerful presence of the sacrificial lamb suffering alongside and for us, resting assured that salvation and restoration is coming.